hello and welcome to this episode of Marketing Mini Bytes, the podcast that lets us talk to people from all over the world with different ways of thinking in the marketing uh, professionalism. And I'm really pleased today that we've got uh, Johnny Palmer on the podcast. It's a great show. I talked to him early on today and uh, I know you guys are really going to love it. So here is the podcast. Hi everyone, welcome back. Um, very privileged here today to have Johnny Palmer on the show. Johnny Palmer is the founder and chair of Pitch, uh, a company that creates experiences and delivers messages. Welcome to the show, Johnny. Cool, thank you for having me. How's it going? I see you're taking a trip in Guernsey. I am Guernsey right now. I went for a nice run this morning um, and a swim in the ocean then bought some seafood. It's a very um, refined but not pretentious place. I love Guernsey. Be- beautiful place, highly recommend it. Awesome. I can't say I've ever been, but it's definitely going to be on my shortlist after what you've said for sure. So obviously you, you come from, from Pitch today. Uh, what is Pitch? What's the background of Pitch and how long you've been running Pitch? Um, originally, we started out as um, I started out as a DJ, then doing event production, then getting to a quite high level in corporate work. Um, so doing live event, touring, conferences, awards shows and so on. Then COVID hits. So we had to really reflect on what our core reason for being here was. And we realized that that is to create experiences and deliver messages. And we've now broadened the gamut of the specifics of what we deliver. But everything still feeds into that core ethos of creating experiences and delivering messages. Awesome. So what I've seen from your kind of highlight reel online is it's, it's all so vibrant. It's almost like you're there. There's so many lights and visuals going on. What's kind of the best event for you? How do you put on a show? How do you deliver those messages? Uh, they vary massively. So sometimes we might do like an arena tour, truckloads of equipment going into the O2, Wembley and the rest of them. Or other times it might be creating some very discreet content that's being broadcasted from our studios in Bristol to a much smaller audience. So the audience size and type and even the medium by which we Uh, put that content across doesn't matter that much we're kind of agnostic again as long as we're delivering important messages and creating experiences that's what matters and the mechanism is very very flexible depending on the project awesome so you're already kind of you're doing everything right you're doing things like conferences you're doing maybe certain clients have a a message they want to give out to their business or to potential new clients upskilling their game but one thing i've realized as well is you guys have a youtube channel you kind of lead the front right you kind of say this is all the tech we've got maybe this is an idea you can do for your next virtual conference or some other kind of thing so it's I've, what i've been fascinated by was just how much technical expertise you guys seem to have and is that something you really pride yourself on oh massively i mean to me it's a core capability a lot of companies they focus they're a tech business and it's all about the tech which is you know fair play um to me though technical skills and the massive amounts of equipment we own is a core capability it's the tools for the job if you're a carpenter, you have a, I don't know, a chisel and a hammer and a screwdriver, they're your tools. What you deliver on is beautiful furniture. So for us, our technology is the stuff we use to help deliver those messages and help our clients get their ideas across. So the technical nice. stuff is just the tools for the job. Nice. And when you, when, so obviously you mentioned COVID hit last year, has that changed and pivoted the way that you guys work or have you still kind of dishing out virtual conferences in the same sort of ways? Oh, completely. I mean, um, let's be blunt. Our industry was outlawed. Had have I kept doing what we did as a business, I would have probably been strung up as a criminal. You know, we had a you know several million quids worth of yeah. live event production work booked to deliver that was in person, big crowds in rooms um, that got taken away. So we had to reflect back on that core reason for being was and try and reposition the resources, diversify our offering or just find new ways of supporting our clients to get stuff done. And that emer- there were some pretty simple answers to those questions. 
organizations, things like TV studios, higher level broadcast, developing our own software platform. And they all seem like very, very obvious diversifications to us. Nice. I can imagine it has been like really, really challenging. Interesting how that how you've been pivoting. So when you've been kind of marketing all of this or like going after new clients, how do, how would you market something like this to to potential people who might be interested in a, in a service like yours? Well, in the old days, you know, we do things like targeted pay per click. We might do SEO work and the rest of it. But now, what I've learned is that that stuff, in my experience, often falls on deaf ears. The ROI is very low. It's a bit of a hiding for nothing and an absolute money pit. So what I've learned is we need to create content that um, educates, inspires, and fires up people that might want to work with us or for us. So we're just like out there, show everyone what we're up to, show them where we're succeeding, where we're failing, our process open the lid and hopefully in the process of that it's going to get some traction with the kind of people we want to partner up with and when I say partner I don't mean just clients I mean staff and I mean suppliers everyone so to me it's this open lid kind of approach of everything we do being out there and get involved and uh, it's slow and it's it's painful but it does get some traction nice and I, 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 you have a little bit of fun along the way right so like what I've seen from you guys as well is the whole kind of concepts around this uh, new pitch or ditch which I love which is like maybe maybe you could tell us a little bit about pitch or ditch what it is kind of how you came up with that idea well to me right I think if we're going to be telling you know major blue chip clients that we're going to produce content for them I think it's probably not a bad idea that produce some content ourselves before we tell them we'll do theirs for them so then I think are we going to try and make content that looks like a blue chip i'm like well we could but that's not as much fun so how can we experiment and have fun and play in the process so i had this idea um a game show um what kind of game show do you want well linkedin doesn't like anything more than a couple of minutes so i thought okay game show less than two minutes then i thought what makes this technically interesting and i thought i'm only going to use consumer level gear that everyone has at home and i'm going to try and produce a game show with me as the presenter the anchor the content creator the producer director and camera person all from my home office using consumer grade equipment and that was my my, my principle and you'll probably um get the sense of that when you look at the production quality mm. of the show <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's not it's not one of those where it takes multi-million pounds for it to set up right but it works it's engaging yeah. i think you as a host are someone that's very kind of you can pivot and switch very easily and you can still captivate an audience uh, no matter what the content so i, I thought it was absolutely brilliant um, and, and kind of what, what's next, you know, what pitch or ditch was one thing. I see there's always tons of stuff going on the YouTube channel. Kind of what, have you got any ideas down the road as do you want to, what do you want to do next? Well, I'm midway through the production of a documentary that we very much hope will end up on Netflix. The production value of that is, is you know, quite high end, serious stuff. We're also doing a, um, another show, which is a bit like a business pitching show that I'm working with a partner on, which we're doing a pilot of, which might even get commissioned commercially. So interestingly, by me messing around at home with a couple of webcams and OBS and having this business, I'm now getting into quite serious documentary and filmmaking stuff. Um, and who knows where that could go? It might be that people like our stuff. In which yeah. case, we could end up being a, a content producer in our own right as a as a TV broad, broadcast production company. I'll have that. Awesome. Sounds like fun. Yeah. So basically, what you're saying now is you're going to be a Johnny Palmer, the director in the future. Who knows? Who knows? Who, who knows? What I am trying to do, though, is get good at presenting because I've realized that being able to communicate brand messages, technical content, and what you're up to is absolutely critical for every entrepreneur. So I committed two years ago to become a good presenter. Um, I'm slowly still working on that. And I hope that in time I can become a really strong, concise, professional voice for the kind of stuff we're talking about. Awesome. And I guess this is in a you know, prime example of it, really, isn't it? I guess what would your advice be to any kind of marketers who are thinking, God, I, I couldn't go in front of a camera, I couldn't go in front of a screen, but I really want to market my company. I want to stand up to people and tell them all about it. How, what advice would you maybe give those guys? 
I'd, I'd give him a slap at that first comment of saying, I can't, because it's like, oh, you can actually, by the way. And I'd want to break down with them. Why do you think you can't get in front of a camera? You obviously do have things to say. What's stopping you from saying them? And I'd want to get down to what that mental barrier, and it is just a mental barrier, nothing else, as to what's stopping them, to try and enable them and give them agency and license to start producing content and start sharing their ideas. Awesome. Great advice. I think I was very much that way, but it's almost, you just got to dive straight into it, haven't you? Almost take the losses. If you say some things, you know, you can almost edit them out anytime. You're always going to learn as you go on. So um, yeah, absolutely. Some great advice. A couple of things. First thing realize is that if content's not good, it's fine. It just won't get traction. It's not a problem. No one's going to, you know, say you're a terrible person. Um, Also get used to hearing your own voice and seeing your own face. That's an important one. Once you're over that hurdle, you can then start to start scrutinizing yourself and refining your methods and building up your skill base so you can be more more concise and more engaging awesome great great advice one of the projects i really loved that you guys did over the last uh, well recently really is is pitch air so rather than me try and go through the project maybe tell the viewers a little about what pitch air was how you how you thought i really want to buy a plane and maybe um yeah where, where's it all come from Oh, geez, where did it come from? So I suppose it goes right back to I always wanted in my my pre-environmental activist self, always wanted my own aeroplane. And when you get that vision in your head, sometimes it just builds up and eventually it becomes a reality. And it became a reality, but not as I expected. So I've got this private jet, but there's no wings and there's no engines. And that's fine. That's fine. Because it was never the wings and the engines I wanted. It was the private jet. But um, that, <laughs> that was probably the inner motivation. But what actually happened was um, I heard there were some old aircraft fuselages going spare that were going to get scrapped. So I went and had a look at some of these things and found one that I liked, a 727-100 series, if you know your airplanes. Um, owned by Saudi Prince, uh, walnut, gold, crystal interiors, amazing. Um, got planning commission for it on my industrial estate and then um, did a deal, bought this thing, brought it to Bristol, made a TV show about it. And now I'd say we've got the coolest offices in the UK right now. Nice. It sounds, it sounds epic. And it was epic. I think, you know, you did a live stream, which is a few hours of basically taking it from the airport to your offices and what a journey that was. I mean, the whole thing was filmed as well, wasn't it? By the area that you were raising money for, is that right? Yeah, so we aligned it with, well, a bit of a story there. So we were like, okay, we're doing this cool thing. We've got to talk about this. It might not go well. I, I love embracing failure and expressing failure because it enables others. So I thought we've got to, we've got to show this and all the cock-ups along the way. Some of the people I work with are like, let's just make a highlights video. I'm like, nah, let's stream the whole thing. And they're like, but it could take three hours. I'm like, it could take 10 hours, but I've never done a 10 hour live stream before. So let's give it a shot. So then we went in for this, um, did a live TV broadcast, kind of like a weird news show thing. Got a friend of mine, Chris James, amazing. He's an ex-BBC presenter. He was the anchor. And we just stacked up loads of content and made this TV show that ended up being like, I think it was eight hours in the end. Um, just absolutely grueling of the whole thing. It getting stuck under motorway bridges, blocking roundabouts, all the <laughs> off neighbours. It was brilliant. <laughs> I loved it. It was so much fun. Yeah. But in the process, we learned so much. And we also did this thing that was a bit shambolic and chaotic, but it allows us to distill down those skills into something which we, we can do and becomes deliverable to clients. So doing things that are chaotic and don't work can often build your core capability. Cool. It, it definitely was chaotic, but in a great way. I think there was one shot of the plane going around this roundabout and there's ambulances coming across and everyone's, oh, it's, it's crazy, but in a great way. And I, it was actually really it's enjoyable watching. <laughs> Despite it's just hours and hours, you think live streams, how are they going to keep my attention? But this really did. And there was, there was crowds on bridges. There was people coming out to cheer you guys. So yeah, it sounded like a great event. What, what was the biggest challenge? You, you might've already mentioned it by being stuck on the bridges, whatever it might be, but what would you say was the biggest challenge of, of buying an airplane and getting it from A to B? 
I don't really, looking back, I don't see it as challenges. I, in hindsight, everything looks like a very sequential, linear, flowing project that all looks fine. But in, in practice, it was there were a few fights. I mean, the planning for mission was not easy because Bristol City Council just did not know what to do with themselves when that lands on their desk. So we had to get a little bit, a little bit fighty, a little bit aggressive. Um, <laughs> but um, no, the all of it, all of it was challenges. But they're not, they're not, you know, they're not disasters. You just sort of look at the situation and find a way of overcoming them, really, and got there in yeah. the end. Awesome, and it looks yeah. great. Where I do it have is. a particular audio issue on the plane. I do have an earthing issue on the plane that creates makes every, all the sound systems buzz. So there's a slight ah. technical issue which endures, which I'm working on. Oh right, do any of the buttons work in the actual cockpit? Yeah, a load of them do. In fact, if you hit the right ones, you can make sirens go off and stuff. It's awesome. I love it. Awesome. Oh, sounds good. So, so how are you using now? To, to, I think you mentioned one of your videos, you're potentially using it to, to have client meetings, make those client meetings really memorable. Kind of what's, the, what's the way now? You've got this huge plane. How are you going to use it? Well, the origin was actually that we COVID hits and we lose all our warehouse and office space to these TV studios we built. So like, where can we have cool meetings? Because we lost our boardroom. So I thought I could build some more stuff because I do some property. But I thought the amount of materials we're going to get through, the impact on the planet, the waste, the draw from the environment is massive. What could we upcycle? And then I thought if we could if we could use this plane, that would be a fantastic office. So what it actually was, was to offset doing... Um, sort of traditional construction and try and upcycle something else. So it was essentially to um, create more office space because of what we'd lost. Awesome. And, and have, you, have you had many client meetings so far? How have they gone down if, if you have? Oh, loads, heaps all the time. I mean, we awesome. have, we've, I've had weeks of um, dinners and lunches with a private chef, done loads of poker nights, had loads of meetings, loads of creative sessions, clients film in there sometimes. I mean, it's busy. Oh, it gets used a lot. It is such a cool resource and I love working in there. It's, it's brilliant. Awesome. So you're getting your money's worth. That's for sure. That's that's great. Um, oh, yeah. Mate, so, I'll tell you what, I had my money's worth before the damn thing turned up. The amount of PR <laughs> coverage we got off the back of that project was insane. We got in the nationals, international press. Uh, there was about 60 or 70 news articles about it. So I wow. got my money back before it even arrived. Great. So if, any, if you're looking to build marketing, just buy a plane. That's that's number one. <laughs> damn right nice it's, it's it's a lot cheaper than a full page ad in the local papers oh absolutely i mean it, it's a pretty big thing to to go to but like what's next now you've bought a plane you're doing all these cool things what's on the horizon for you guys at pitch what are you what are you wanting to achieve um, I think now it's about transitioning from the world of for, from live events to virtual events and trying to find this new hybrid model of a way that we can increase the accessibility of content from live events, um, increase the diversity of people who can attend them and pick out the best bits from the digital only world and the live world to try and increase audience size and help our clients deliver their messages to bigger audiences with fewer barriers. Awesome. And how are you going to do that? Is it by buying another plane? Is it like what's next for you? Well, it might become more nuanced and more esoteric at that point, you know, much more philosophical. It probably won't get headlines, but it's all about getting those getting those messages out there for people. And I think we'll find things like having funds critical, um, multiple different entry points to event or content experiences is critical. Um, the tech behind that's fundamental as well. So there's be a lot of lot of smaller, more subtle things that we'll be working on. Not as big nice. and outlandish as dragging airplanes down the motorway. <laughs> I wish. Um, what, what's your biggest learning of 2020? And if you'd take a step back and say, gosh, that was a busy year for me. <clears throat> what, what would be your number one takeaway? Or what would you maybe say, I'm not going to do that in 2021? Uh, the importance, <clears throat> the importance and excuse upon of runway. So 
day-to-day life, where are you at mentally, physically, financially, uh, relationships, where are you at day-to-day? So when something hits like COVID, how are you prepared for the chaos that you're gonna enter into? Because none of us know when chaos is gonna hit, right? And from watching that, people who had runway in their life have come out of COVID so well. And people who might've been having a hard time for various reasons have had a harder time. And people who had no runway when it comes to their physical health, mental health, finances, relationship, work, businesses, whatever, have sometimes been devastated by it. So it's taught me about the importance to build runway when you can in your life so you can deal with the chaos, which is gonna come at some point. Absolutely. Um, so what I guess we talked about this briefly before we went on air, but kind of, do you, what do you do to relax? Do you relax? I see you're in Guernsey at the moment. Do you, do you ever switch off? Uh, not, not really. I like to, I like running because my brain can just soften a little bit. And then I find that the thoughts in the subconscious come through and I always come back from a run feeling happy, grateful, connected to nature. And I usually have a few crazy ideas as well, which I can then go and implement straight away. Relaxing is really a thing. Just run, running, running. I love, and I really enjoy going to sleep every night as well. Love it. Nice. Always, always healthy. I try. I try. <laughs> keep keep me keep me away from cheese and port though because i'm a shocker i'm a degenerate <laughs> when it comes to that stuff <laughs> that will mess up the former yeah for sure awesome well no it's been great to have you on the on the podcast johnny uh awesome guest really sort of short snappy um sort of insights there for our users to take away and um yeah is there anything else you kind of want to mention or, or share with our viewers today uh, not really. I'm really hoping to see a change in our business and enterprise. If going from this slightly sort of um, money-grabbing kind of capitalist 1980s vibe to what I believe is the next era of entrepreneurship where we're here to create wealth so we can use it to do positive things because entrepreneurs of the future are going to be people that just make the world they, the way they believe it should be. And I, and I think that's something we should celebrate and really support and focus on and shake off this money-grabbing, exploitative, planet-destroying kind of culture that I think existed um, in the early stages of my career. And I'm, and I'm excited about the future and how it's going to play out. Awesome. Well, I really hope uh, Pitch continues to do its awesomeness as it's doing online. Can't wait to see those new videos can't wait to be a guest on Pitch or Ditch. You know what? I'm, I might be there in the future. Who knows? Um, but yeah. Are like, you pitching to be on Pitch or Ditch? I am pitching. I am pitch, pitching, pitching for Pitch nice. or Ditch. I'll get you on Pitch or Ditch. <laughs> I just hope that maybe that can go more viral because I, I think the audience for Pitch or Ditch isn't as, as big as it should be. We need to work on that. <laughs> um, so do you, do you post those videos to all your channels or is it just exclusive for your Facebook audience? I use it on uh, YouTube and LinkedIn, not Facebook, because I feel that content's often quite technical. So it's for more that sort of professional, engaged audience on LinkedIn. But I'd be really open to hearing ideas of how we can get more viewers and more followers of Pitch or Ditch, because not enough people watch it. <laughs> well, I can certainly post it. I hear you on the LinkedIn front. I, I love LinkedIn. It's been brilliant, especially polls. I don't know why, but everyone seems to love a poll at the moment. Um, but that's been a great one. Um, for me, things like Reddit, like really surprisingly, if I put this post uh, podcast on Reddit, that's been really good at building engagement. But it's one of those, isn't it, where you have to just be everywhere all at the same time and, and there'll be someone somewhere that shares it and then suddenly it's like a tidal wave. So yeah well i just hope ultimately uh, this makes people not take um production and content too seriously and remember to have fun with your work a bit of fun bit of chaos is so important awesome great words to end on johnny so yeah thank you very much for your time today uh all the best with pitch and i'm excited to see what you do next well there you have it thanks very much for joining us here on the marketing mini bites podcast today hope you enjoyed it i certainly have i really enjoyed talking to johnny palmer and all the crazy things that he's planning to get up to this year uh, if you like the podcast please do leave a rating it really helps us out and uh, will certainly allow us to do even more of these things but for now speak to you soon thanks very much <laughs>